Hello there, Moving Your Energy Differently community. This is Kerry Ruff. I had the honor of sitting down and talking with accountant-turned-writer, Miss Manpreet Kaur Tiger. She speaks about following your heart despite adversities and traveling into the soulful realm of fear, hate, love, and joy, all for the purpose of choosing choices that will make you happy. Miss Tiger is the perfect example of someone who had a side art tendency and developed it into a product that people can purchase and share. The book is called The Soul with a Scar. I know you will enjoy. Okay, if you can tell us how to pronounce your 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 full name. Okay, so my full name is pronounced as Manpreet Kaur Tiger. So the first name Manpreet is, uh, although people just call him Manpreet, and that's completely fine, but it just has a sound of U in it. So Manpreet is that's how my mom pronounces it. And uh, so Man means heart and Preet means love. So Manpreet means heart loving. And my middle name means Kaur, which is a religious last name. So I was born into a Sikh family. And if you're born into a Sikh family, the guys that wear turban and they're from India and if you're born as a female, you're given the last name Kaur. If you're born as a male, your last name is Singh. Oh, okay. And uh, Tiger is my father's last name. Oh, okay. And it's just cool. Okay. <laughs> All right. So after after college, yes. and where, where did you go? So while I was in college, I interned at PricewaterhouseCooper, which is the number one accounting firm. And then I went back. How did you get that pos position? So I, so my junior year, uh, I started reaching out to the career center. I was always very active of where I wanted to be and how, you know, where I wanted to end up. And I started applying, like, hey, I'm a junior now, and can you please help me find some kind of position, whether it was full time or part time? And then um, you you con you contacted uh, I companies. Con I only contacted my career center. So the career center in a college. the career center at the college. Yes. So they have really good contact because um, so St. Francis College has such a strong uh, career department and they have really good connections. So all I had to do was uh, work really hard, get all A's, and have a nice resume and be very kind to the career director and build that relationship with her, you know, human to human, and get to know her and she got to know me. And then I would always follow up with her, be like, hey, Naomi, you know, I'm a junior now. This is my resume. These are my grades. I'm looking for a position. Uh, for the summer or for the fall semester, and mm -hmm. then um, uh, all these accounting firms actually come to her, and then she okay. lays out all the resumes, and then they pick the ones they like, and then they chose my resume, and then they. Um, Why did they choose your resume? Uh, they chose my resume, I believe, because of the way it it was structured. One number one, number one grade, number one thing is always the grades. They always want to see that you have a high GPA. And another thing is because I had this uh, current position, I was working under the accountant, accountant at St. Francis College. So they liked that I was already working. So you field. were already working. Yeah. Already doing your passion. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. While you, you were in to, school. Yeah. Yeah. So that you think that might have helped. Yeah, that position might have helped for me. 
for me it was just a it was just a job and i was like okay you know i always wanted to work and get my hands on things and learn experience i didn't realize the impact it had once i realized that that's because during the interview she asked me this question she's like oh so this is what you do now i was like yeah this is what i do and she's like okay you you're in <laughs> oh because you said in the interview this is what i do yeah now mm-hmm. and uh, because of that <laughs> <laughs> and because of my uh, so they usually do phone interview so big four accounting firms is is a big game first they do a phone interview then you have to do a in person interview and then you have to do three in person interviews which is called the half a day super day so i did the phone interview and then because she liked me and she liked what i had to say in my resume she skipped the second interview and then she got me into the third round interview which is when you go to the office and they hold you um they place you in in a room and then three people interview one at a time so that's like your manager what well, th- three people at, at a time or one person comes one in after and another. then another one yeah. after another yeah so it's like a half a day thing yeah and what kind of questions do they ask they ask mainly the question they really want to get to know you as a human being they want to know how you work with other people are you a friendly are you a human person Um, are you a human? <laughs> Because they can already see your grades. They, you know, that's the only reason you're there. They that's the reason you're sitting in that chair and being interviewed because they know that you have a good grade. So right. you can follow directions that you'll be able to listen to them and that you're disciplined and then tomorrow when they give you assignment, you'll be able to do it because you have satisfied your professors and your grade. That's the meaning of grade and your GPA. You can follow directions. <laughs> <laughs> I think so I think that and all this knowledge have come in the past 2 years that's not how I used to think to me it was mainly like okay you know I live in New York and I want to make something out of my life and you know everyone is running and I'm also going to run and make something out of my name so that was my intention and then uh, during the interview they ask these questions you know you be- behavioral question and uh, how you present yourself I think it's all about that what kind of image you have right For, so this is how i walked into the interview so when i walked into the building right it was not so much that i need this job i'm like if this works out great if this doesn't work out it's okay i have 10 other things lined up this is perfectly fine and i was only a junior i was not even a senior i was like i'm head of the game if this doesn't work out it's okay i'll look for other things or i'll be matched to other things and i have my senior year to look for it as well so I never walked in I even now I never walk into interview with a desire of being needed like I'm not like I want to be here so I think you should always treat uh interview as a two way conversation like they don't need you 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 don't need them they need you they need your talent and your skills right? So everything that you said did you happen to pick that up somewhere everything that you said had something to do with adding value yes. to their organization yeah. right You picked that up somewhere? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So they asked you all these questions and yes. you were able to show them how you could add value and Yeah. You and got it. Yes, and then uh so I was interviewed by manager, by HR and also a partner of the uh firm who's like wow. a senior partner who's been at the firm for And this was your first job. Yeah, I was uh 21. Yeah. Uh nice pay? 
Yeah, it was uh, for entry level position for a big auditing firm. Is it was a decent pay? Yeah. 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 Okay. For someone right out of college, it was good money, and the benefits are good, and you get this big name highlighted on your resume. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody wants, right? Mm-hmm. Because after I left, people used to call me. They're like, "Oh, you used to work for this company. We want you to work for my company now." Mm-hmm. So it's all about branding, right? It's all about branding nowadays whether you're branding yourself as an individual or you're branding yourself as a company. How were the first few months So the first being f- there? So I started in July, and I was there um, until, so a whole year, until like June. So July to October, it was like, okay, that period of getting used to everything and meeting everyone. So I was, I would say that's like three to four, three to four months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the learning process, and I was really blessed to have a very nice uh, associate who was like a year, two year older than me, and he guided me with everything. And I think the people you work with make the biggest difference, and I was blessed that he was able to guide me through everything. And then when people started after me, they didn't ask me. I was like, you know what, I'm going to guide you on my own because I was guided so well. Yes. And then I became like this... um, older associate although I was also a new hire but everyone used to come to me and then I think my older manager and senior manager started recognizing that that Manpreet is doing this on her own and then that so that was one aspect and then I learned how to um, audit so what you learn in classroom is a lot different what you're going to be doing in a work environment so I had the school provides you with the basic foundation but I had to learn and I had to get trained in every little thing so I had to learn, you know, what is auditing a company means, you know, uh, how to audit financial statements, how to read financial statements, mm-hmm. how to um, talk to the clients, how to meet clients. So that was my training for the first two weeks. A lot of communication. A lot of, lot, every, it's all about communication. You don't have to be as good on computer and paper as you have to be in communication because if you can't speak to a person, if you don't know how to respect them, how to communicate with them, then what good is it that you're doing all this work on the paper, right? Like, you could be perfect on paper. I don't know. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Then you got to a point where you said, I don't like what I'm doing. Yeah, so actually... And you were making this money and so forth, and at what the firm, the accounting firm, is one of the best in the world. It's number one. Number one in the world. You left that? Yeah. Why? So when I started, it kind of just felt off. I feel like we worked so hard to get to a place that think will bring us happiness. But once I, and to me, I was like, okay, you know, I'll make myself miserable in school and college. And then once I get there, I will be happy. Mm-hmm. You know, but once I got there, I was like, I'm not happy. I, I placed my happiness on a goal and a destination as opposed to the journey. And when I got there, I was like, I'm not happy. So as soon as I got there, I had kind of had realized that this is not for me. Sometimes you have to listen to your voice and your heart and your soul, like your gut feeling. Mm-hmm. And we are not trained to listen to our gut feeling. And I was like, okay, this is not working out. And... But then I spoke to, that's when I also used communication. I spoke to my senior managers, be like, hey, you know, this is how I'm feeling. You know, what should I do? Can you guide me? You have to be very careful who you speak to and what you say because it can also backfire. But I think I had built that personal relationship. I was able to share my feelings with her. She said, you're very new. You have to give it some time. 
and we as youngsters jump to jump jump to conclusions really fast that we're like okay this is not working out whether it's a relationship or whether it's your boyfriend or girlfriend or you know it could be like work we're like okay it's not working out it's not meant to be so she's like no you have to give us some more time she said at least do the busy season because busy season is what you know allows you to learn a lot more in the period of three months than you will learn in a whole year because you're there from morning to like late night so you left yeah a year later then what then um I then the whole uh, my parents kind of asked me for the whole arranged marriage thing and I was looking for jobs uh, like basic nine to five jobs because I was like okay I wasn't happy in a job because maybe I was like maybe because of the longer hours I was like you know maybe it has nothing to do with the field maybe it's just the longer hours and just the environment of like go getting environment like that you know finance environment where Mm -hmm. everything is just happening so fast I was like you know what I'll just look for a basic nine to five you know maybe I'll be just happy there and then my parents started pressuring me for arranged marriage. And then they're like, okay, we found this guy in California. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to move to California. And then I don't need to look for jobs here, right? So that was a period of two months. And then my unemployment period was increasing. And that never looks good on your resume for companies. They're like, okay, what is she up to? You know, what is she doing? But because I had worked at PwC and I had my master's already, so companies still were reaching out to me. That's the whole point of LinkedIn, that's how recruiters find you nowadays. They could literally put in the search box that they want someone who only works at PwC, and then my name would pop up, and then they would call me, email me, and text me, be like, hey, you know, this company... Are you pretty good with uh, LinkedIn, with social media? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I have to. I feel like, you know, so let's say five, ten years ago, people, you have to be, you had to be really private, right? If you were public, people used to be like, why are you public? And nowadays, if you're private and you're not public, people are like, why are you private? Like, yeah. there's yeah. something's wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I just, I was that person that was really shy and I never wanted to post a picture of my face public. And then when I realized that after I left, right, and the arranged marriage thing didn't work out, and I'll get to how I became public, and I really had to kind of overcome the obstacle and fear so arranged marriage didn't work out, and I'm like, okay, my job didn't work out. The whole arranged marriage thing didn't work out. And now I was really left in a situation where I had to reevaluate my life, who I am as a human being, and what I wanted for the next you know, few years at least. So I said, I made the decision I was going to take, take some time. I made the decision that my entire life I was running, running, running. I, didn't, I never really paused to really think about why I was doing what it is that I was doing. I was kind of mindlessly going to college and school and work, but I never really looked for a why behind what what I was doing, right? Why is really... Why is the most important thing. The reason why you're doing that, why? Yeah, I, I didn't have the answer why I was doing that, so I decided to take some time off. So that was 2017, so... um winter 2017 and uh, spring mainly like winter so I just took that time off I was like okay I just want to kind of relax my parents were not happy no I feel like the people outside when you're trying to change something inside of you people outside of you are not going to be happy for you it's just how it works because they used to the old you so when you want to change yourself they are not going to like it because they're used to you being the old you, right? So my parents were not happy. They were like, okay, well, you had your, you have your master's degree. You're pretty much 
um, use less now, work less, and they're like, oh, um, you know, my friends ask me, what is your daughter doing? And I'm like, well, just tell them your daughter is pretty much worthless. She's not doing anything with her life. Because I had convinced myself that this is my time, and what people said about me didn't matter anymore because I'm like, okay, well, how long can I keep making other people happy when I'm not happy inside? Yeah. So I, so what did, you, what did you do right yeah. after... So this period, right? And this period. So this period, I call it a spiritual growth period. So I did a lot of yoga, a lot of meditation. So the answers I was seeking outside, I decided to seek those answers inside mm, of me. So um, I did a lot of meditation, a lot of yoga, a lot of journaling, a lot of writing, and I read a lot of books. In school, I used to read books because I was forced to read books, and right. I really enjoyed reading. But once I left college and my work, I found love for reading. I love reading books about how we work as human beings, psychology, and, uh, like, for example, all the books I'm sure you have read too, like, you know, Grow Rich and all these books that help you realize mm -hmm. your true, true potential. So after that period, one, one thing happened that thing was that I connected to my voice. I connected to my soul, and I gained the confidence I needed to listen to my gut feeling, the things I was not willing to do before. Were you still looking for a position? Were you still looked on social media? Did yeah. you still go to LinkedIn and and put your picture up there and your resumes? Yeah, up there I was still I was still uh, swimming more than before. Yeah, I was still uh, when you're swimming, you're kind of like uh, pushing your hands and feet. So I was still doing that, and then I started. I mainly I wouldn't say LinkedIn. I just connected with people who I knew personally. Be right. like, hey, I'm looking for a job, and then I did get a job at my college, St. Francis College, because okay. they knew me and they, I had built relationships and I think it's all about that. Mm -hmm. And then they hired me in their finance department. And that was perfectly fine. The finance department. Yeah, okay. that was nine to five. But then I realized that I still wasn't happy. I know all of you are gonna laugh at me now. <laughs> I realized I still wasn't happy. And then that's when I realized that accounting is just not for me. Oh, accounting. Yeah. Not for you. Yeah, that's why I wasn't happy in those jobs. What is your passion, your interest now? So my passion and interest now is to inspire people to follow their heart and passion so that they don't end up in a position where they're unhappy. And I think my book and writing and there are other mediums that will allow me to do that. So ever since I was a teenager, I only had one goal, to inspire people, to motivate people. Mm -hmm. But I just never knew how and why I wanted to do this. It was just a feeling I had inside of me. So now are you, would you consider yourself from an accountant to a writer? Yes. Now, okay. Um, so how did, I'm gonna let you hold this, because okay. I'm gonna ask you to read a few. Sure. That I really enjoy. <laughs> and then one of your favorites. Uh, that Now how did, how did this, book come about so this book came about so this book is literally my journey towards healing and empowerment so during this period of finding who I am I started writing my first book last year in July mm -hmm. which is like a nonfiction um, novel it's not poetry so this book is selection of poetry the first book I started writing out which is not yet published because I wanted to do some more research and work on it I wrote that from July to October and in October, I realized that it was still kind of shaky. I didn't have an ending to it, and I needed to do a lot more work in my life before I could finish that novel. And then 
I was turning 25 last year in December, and it was my goal to gift myself a book written by me on my birthday. So I was like, okay, this is mm. October now, and my birthday is coming in December, and I don't have this book finished. What should I do? And I was just really, really sad. And out of that sadness, I started writing to cope with my emotional pain. And when I started writing, I did nothing but write endlessly for seven days. So this book, when I started writing this, it was mainly to heal the sadness I was feeling. It was never with the intention to publish it. So I'm, because I was feeling so sad, I pretty much picked up my pen and paper and I started writing. And I wrote day and night. Every single thing that I had hidden within my heart that I buried and never wanted to talk about it, whether it was related to my childhood, immigration, bullying, discrimination, mm -hmm. school, college, yeah, work-life right. balance, or uh, heartbreaks, love, everything that ever used to bother me, right? It was time for me to release it because I had discovered who I was as a person. So I wanted to move towards this new phase in my life, but I couldn't move forward toward this new phase unless I had learned to let go of the old. Mm. So this was my process of letting go. Now, I want to make sure they have time to ask you questions but I also yes. want would like for you you yes. didn't know this uh, like for you to read a couple of my favorites I would love and to. then one of your favorites okay. uh, to, to for them yeah uh, one of my favorites is uh, healing the wound because in my life I've had to heal wounds, um, and it's on page 140. Would you be so kind as to read us that? This is actually just what I do. <laughs> I read poetry, and then now uh, people connect to it. Okay, so page 140. To heal others means to heal yourself. How else would you heal a wound you never experienced yourself. To heal means to heal the same pain as a person in front of you and ask for nothing in return. To heal you, I, I must put my mind, body, and soul through your pain, hurt, and grief and become one with you. But I wouldn't trade it for anything else in the world because when I heal you, I feel a part of myself healing that was abandoned years ago in the darkness corner of my heart. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, another one that uh, I like an awful lot is uh, the school system. <laughs> oh. Oh my God, she's out there the whole time. <laughs> you want to see if she's still out there? <laughs> Now, another one that I like is the school system on page 173. Okay. I'm glad you like this and you're a professor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so I'm sure the students will love this. So this one is called the school system. I walked into your place with 
creativity, imagination, and innovation. You locked my intuition in a box, buried it deep in the ground, and handed me your one-way syllabus to success. With an innocent heart and fluid mind, I adapted to your way. Soon, I became you and lost connection with my soul. Another one, my favorite word, why, on page 190. Good, we're at 15 minutes, great. On 190, why? why uh, and and the, 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 title, the title was Feed Them With Your Why. Feed Them With Your Why. Okay, so this was my message to uh, companies and organizations, and I think you as students should really... Um, look deeply into it because it's so important to work for a company that you can relate to their purpose than to just work meaninglessly because mm. that brings a bigger purpose in your life that allows you to go to work every day with a deep sense of purpose you can drive a nation to follow your vision but without a clear sense of why the unlimited snacks are all you can use to bribe them to stay One of my favorites, <laughs> Gary Venderchuk. Anybody here ever heard of Gary Venderchuk? If you haven't, then I think you should look into him I was after this. I was surprised when we were talking and I brought up something because I had watched a, a YouTube video of Gary and uh, I was surprised that you knew who he was. Yeah. And I think he has a big um, part into the path I had taken. So. I was 23, and at the age of 23, nowadays I feel like we have so much burden, right? At the age of 20, 23, you should have figured your life out. You should have degrees. You should have a well-paying job. You should be looking into selling down with someone and have kids. That's that's yeah, the pressure that's the I feel yeah, yeah, nowadays yeah, in today's society. And he's like, number one, uh, you're not married. You don't have a house mortgage to pay. You don't have kids. Like, why are you suffering? You don't need to have anything figured out. So I started thinking of myself as a child, that at the age of 22 is when I left the school system. I was being reborn. So at 23, I'm a one-year-old. So I'm like, okay, from this age on, I'm going to start raising myself. I'm going to start feeding myself the information I want to feed myself and kind of start dreaming what kind of go what kind of goals I would like to achieve. So I think the fact that he said that it's okay if it's okay if you're not working, it's okay it's so important to build a vision and not have, enough, not have income than to have income and yes. make yourself miserable. Right, right. Yeah. And what Gary V, Gary, Gary just V-E-E, -E, uh, helped me with over the last two years, three years, because he curses an awful lot. And I go, oh, I don't know what, and I like to curse, yeah. <laughs> but don't. And then when somebody is cursing, giving a talk, I'm going, oh, yeah, that's his, and then one of my close friends at Stanford in California said, oh, we invited Gary V to come and, and speak, yeah. and she said she went out to, to pick him up at the train station or wherever it was, he went out to pick him up, and he had his, you know, his hat on backwards, and he 
ripped jeans. Yeah, ripped jeans and everything. <laughs> and she's and she asked me, she says, why do you dress like that? He said, because this is who I am. Yeah. This is what I want to put out there with this truth. But this is the way, you know, and he says, and I'm wealthy. You know, I can dress any way I want now. So, uh, but I started watching him. And what he did for me was, uh, with my business, I was able to say, oh, my videos, my blogs, my what. I don't need to pay someone to edit. They don't have to be perfect. Yeah, they don't have to be right. Just get the content out there. Mm -hmm. It's content, content. Just be heard. And just, just get it out there. And still now, I have uh, people contacting me and say, Carrie, you, you know, your video, it's all shaking. You're doing it in the car. You're doing, you know, and your blog is doing it, and you're cursing and what? I'm going, hey. That's who know, I am. It's, it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> just get it out there. Yeah. So that's what he taught me. That's good. Just go. So his is on 224. Okay. He came like a bright ray of hope in my dark path of life. He offered words of wisdom I wish my father had taught me at a young age. He showed empathy and kindness in a way I wish my mother felt for me when I went through my first heartbreak. Although I have been living physically on this planet for years, few seconds with him virtually were enough to put my entire life into perspective. Gary Vaynerchuk. He did that for me too. And he's an entrepreneur. And like entrepreneurs, and I'm not an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, I'm just a coach and uh, in communication. So, but he and he his his audience is 25 year olds. You know, that's his audience, 20, yeah. 20 to 25. -year -old. And we need it the most. Yeah, for entrepreneurs. But I just, have, you know, he's just helped me considerably. That's Your cool. favorite. Okay. And then, good, we have 15 minutes. For so one of my favorite, page 214, is short, but I think it has a really, really big purpose. You are a soul with a body, not a body with a soul. Take care of the soul, it will take care of the body. Tap into its energies, it will connect the dots for you. have more, but usually I love to just open to a page. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, so you just, oh, yeah, it's your book. Oh, oh, this is my favorite. Boop. Any page. Uh, questions. Now, you know in communication and when you speak or whatever, you say questions, nobody's going to raise their hand or nobody's going to say, oh, I have a question, until after they think about it for Yeah, a so I think... We'll just give them 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> give them 10 oh, but move. Hey. CEO, go. When you had your uh, your dream job, basically, and you were working so much, you couldn't use the money you were, have, you were getting to do whatever you wanted on your off time to make you feel better? Uh, amazing question. 
I did have a lot of money and I was living with my parents so my entire paycheck almost entire paycheck except my transportation and food and stuff was my savings so I was I had my entire check and I have to pay check rent or mortgage or bills or anything I did support my family and I would um, buy things for my home and siblings but I did have a lot of money there wasn't anything that I could buy that could bring me joy because I couldn't look for joy outside of me. I needed to find joy within myself, right? I, So I was like, okay, I can go outside and buy a Chanel bag for like $6,000, right? But when I'm feeling sad, can I hug that Chanel bag and feel better about myself? And I asked, my th I asked myself that question. I was like, no, when I'm feeling sad and I want to cry, if I can't hold that bag and if it can't make me feel better, then I don't want to buy it. So I was like, okay, this money that we're earning it's not happiness. Money does not equal happiness, right? I feel like when you have a lot of money, you can buy the most expensive things. You can buy the most expensive vacations and the cars and the houses. But if you're not happy the way that money is coming to you, then those things are escapes. They're like pleasures. They're not so much like um, satisfaction. So no, I there wasn't anything that I could do outside of me that could have made me happy if I wasn't happy inside. Yeah. If you had the opportunity to go back back in time and save your younger self, right? Uh, would you or would you accept the consequent like the challenges that made you the person you are today? Oh. Amazing questions. If I could b go back, I wouldn't change a single thing. Because if I could go back and start changing things, then I wouldn't be the person I am today. So everything that happened regardless how difficult it was. And that period of solitude was really, really difficult. And in this book, I talk about it that, imagine that you have climbed this mountain your entire life and now you're climbing down. So that means you're like ripping everything apart. Like, you know, physically you're ripping yourself apart. So you, your belief systems and your ideologies and your term terminologies and your education system, like everything I had to let go. So I felt like I was bare naked with my thinking and with my emotions so that was a very difficult period of time but at the same time if I didn't have that period of time I don't think I would be the woman I am today I wouldn't be able to speak and you know share my thoughts and words with you so if we keep going back and start changing things then I think that would we would lose the meaning of life just like if we knew what was going to happen tomorrow it would kind of lose its suspense so amazing questions but I think life is perfect the way it is, and we just have to accept that and learn from it. We don't, rather than taking things as failures and saying, oh, that was so bad, I wish I could go back and change it, we just need to realize that those were lessons and they're just there to teach us. Okay, so um, when, when you started school, right, did you have um, uh, the accounting major? Was it your passion again? Mm. My accounting? Yeah, was it your passion? Was accounting my passion? Accounting was not my passion. Accounting was never my passion. My passion was always business. So ever since I was a teenager and when I went to high school and college, I always wanted to be a businesswoman. But I never really had an idea what kind of business I wanted to do. But I knew I wanted to do something in business because I always saw myself as a businesswoman. I majored, I majored in business. So my freshman year, I was a biology major because... Indian parents, they're like, oh, why don't you just be a doctor, you know? That's what everyone does. So I majored in biology, and I was like, I'm not happy. And then I changed my major into um, business. I was like, I'm going to follow my heart. 
And then I started overthinking. I was like, you know what? Business is so vague. What am I supposed to do with a degree in business? And then I took my first accounting class and I was like, okay, this is doable, which accounting one has nothing to do with accounting four and five and master level classes. That's like a whole different level. I was like, this is doable. And professor was really nice. Professors make a huge difference in your life. If they're nice, you will love that class. If they're not nice, you won't like it. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I was like, um, I was like, what? what do I do, right? And then I was like, you know, I'll major in uh, accounting is is very focused. It's always good to focus in the area. And there are so many jobs in accounting as opposed to like, you know, a degree in like business. But I was so wrong. I wish I had, if I had stayed in business, maybe I would have had a better job in like marketing that was more aligned with my personality than so sitting. So where are you headed now with your passion? Uh, right now with my passion is um, writing. And I... So I would say my passion, more than my passion, I would say my purpose, my why is to inspire people. And I believe writing is a medium that's allowing me to do that. And speaking is a medium that's allowing me to do that. So there's going to be a lot more medium as I grow older and as, as I find myself in this world that will allow me to do, for example, I want to have a company, I want to have a foundation, not for profit, and help people that are struggling in their life or you know, provide basic needs such as education to people in countries that they don't have their you know, they don't have these opportunities. Mm -hmm. We're really blessed in this country, but people yeah, in other are. countries are not as blessed as we are. So there are a lot of things I wanna do, but my purpose, my why will always be to help people and add value to other people's lives. Through your writing? Yes, through my writing. Yeah. And your writing and your speaking. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, okay. Go. So, uh, why you went to school? Like, when you're doing uh, the accounting, writing was not your passion. It was something you found after you had gone, after you had gone through um, the things you went through, right? If I found something that I like? Liked? Writing. Yeah. Like, like, being a writer, writing. It wasn't your passion then? No. Oh, okay. It was after you, you had gone through what you went, what you went through that you found... Writing, right? Yeah, so I used writing to help me go through that period. Okay. I used writing to release my emotions, and then I found so much comfort in writing that I just I was like, you know what, I'm gonna publish my book and go through this period of going through school and college and ending up in a place so I can inspire youngsters that hey, it's so important to follow your heart and passion. It's okay if your friends are making hundred thousand dollars and you're making like 50 and they drive bmw but end of the day i assure you they they go home at the end of the day they're not happy with their jobs and they cry but they're never going to show you that mm -hmm. they're never going to show themselves mm -hmm. as weak you could be the real human being and earn fifty thousand dollars and follow your passion follow your heart if singing is what you want to do and music is what you want to do and writing is what you want to do those fields are really difficult in the beginning, but there's just so much joy later on in their life, right? For example, if you want to be a teacher, if you want to be a professor, right? I think that's what you should do. But the great question in that, what if you don't? What if you think now it's all soccer, but two years from now, three years from now, four years from now? You know, it's something else. You know, it's accounting. You know, something else that, you're, that makes you happy. But you might you might not have it now, might not, have, and that's, that's perfectly a, all right. That's perfectly okay. You might not even have it 
when you're 40 or 50 or 60, you don't choose the timing when something is going to be, you know, you don't choose the timing of the inspiration. I think all you have to do is just be mindful, just be present in the moment and just do things that make you happy and when the time is right, I feel like the inspiration comes to you. Like I didn't choose when I was going to be a writer mm-hmm. or if I was going to be a writer. Uh, inspiration came and I respected the inspiration that came and I started writing and Does it help now that social media that the internet is is here? I am so glad internet is here. So <laughs> Because okay, so recently um I so on Tuesday I went to speak at a school uh and these were all middle school uh, middle school students and I had never spoken to such young students, right? So I was like, okay, this is a challenge for me. But then I was like, okay, at I should simplify what I do so that will help me connect to them, right? So I started reading and I played games with them and my main focus through this book is to inspire people to close their eyes and heal the scars they carry so they find their voice and be able to make better choices that make them happy as opposed to running their life on other people's voices. So I was like, how do I teach these little kids that, right? So I just talked about the things that I went through, used my examples and then they were able to learn those lessons. So because the kids were so happy and the teachers and principal liked the speaking so much that they ended up buying a box of books and I literally went home and I went to this company square up and I was like hey can you please send this email to this person this is how many books they bought and they did everything and the in the morning I woke up and they had paid me already so that's just one example how technology helps and social media mm-hmm. and everything and i think they say if you want to do something you have to make noise and that social media allows you to make that noise make that noise you could be doing so much in your home but if people don't know what you're doing then yeah it's like are you doing anything yeah. how how did you how did you deal with the uh with younger people little bit and getting them to close their eyes and because yeah. it's tough even yeah. with older 20 21 year olds it's tough yeah. to say okay because i i I've done it yeah. a couple of times and I don't know whether they get well, what yeah. are we doing. Yeah. Something <laughs> right. So yeah. how did you get it them was, to to do that? So I actually didn't even mention the word soul because I don't think they understand what soul means. <laughs> so I if they don't understand the word, they couldn't understand the terminology. So I just helped them build a better foundation and I told them that So one of the chapters in my book I talk about is bullying, discrimination and accepting the people mm-hmm. around you as who you are. So I use that foundation to help them realize that it's so important to treat one another as equally because regardless of whatever you do in your life, you have to have kindness for yourself and other people. So they followed you? They yeah. did it? Mm-hmm. Okay. The last thing I want you to tell us uh the title and uh also how we can get in touch with you. Yeah, of course. So the title of the book is called The Soul with the Scar. So when I was writing this, um and how can they get it or Yeah, of course. So when I was writing this, it was mainly to express myself and I realized that everything I wrote about every single page were the scars I had hidden within my soul. Right? So if I have a scar on my body, For example, if we get hurt, we have a scar on our physical body, right? We put band-aid on it, we put cream on it, we heal it, we go to the doctor and we were like, okay, we call it a day, right? So it's so easy for us to heal the scars we can see in the mirror. But what about the scars we can't see? That are in our heart, in our soul. So I realized that I spent my entire life 
healing the scars on my body. So I have a scar on my face and I have scars like on my legs or arms. But I never really took out the time to heal or look after scars that I had hidden within my soul. So I think of these scars are as like baggages you're carrying on your shoulders. So imagine you're standing and you have all these rocks and bags, you know, bags uh, full of baggage on your shoulder, right? And you have, you know, different paths in your world, in your um, front of you, right? But if you're so tired, if you're so frustrated and confused, how can you decide what path is best for you? So when I, once I started to release everything, I realized that I was no longer tired, I felt lighter, and I could move forward in the direction with happiness. So that's what the title means, and my main message is to uh, inspire people to really connect with themselves when they read this book, and also when they read it, I want them to realize that you're not alone. We all go through the same scars in our life, whether it's one experience or a different experience, and when you read these scars, these are my scars, it will help you to heal your scars as well. So when you heal your scars, you will um, you will just feel a lot happier. When I finished writing this, I felt like a brand new human being as I used to when I was a child. I felt free and I felt happy and the response I'm getting is that too, that one, once people read this and they just connect to it because it's raw and real, like it's, it's my feelings and uh, they just, they feel like they have been healed as well. So it is available on Amazon. Uh, you can just look up the title um, and, or look up my name, Manpreet Kaur Tiger. And if you do want to get in touch, you can follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I have a little sign-up sheet if you want to yes. give her your name, uh, email. name and email. Okay? So, let's thank her for coming in. So, successful people move differently. And here's the sign up if you would like to give her your information. Actually, we'll put, we'll put it right over here. You're welcome. Okay. Hey there, moving your energy differently, community. If you feel you got some practical insights and achievement strategies from listening to this podcast, I would be over the top grateful if you would go to my Twitter handle, at Kerry Ruff, and leave a comment. I thank you so very much. You have made my day, uh, my year. <laughs> thank you very much.